Okay, we are in Sefer Nehemia, Perek Yud Gimel, the last Perek of Nehemia, Pasuk Aleph, Bayom Hahu Nikra B'Sefer Moshe Ba'aznei Ha'am. So you will recall in Perek Yud, in a spirit of collective tshuva, B'nai Yisrael under Nehemia's urging, literally sign what you call a brisemuna, a covenant with the Kaddish Baruch physically sign it. And it stresses a return to Jewish values and precepts with specific emphasis on ending intermarriage, strengthening the observance of Shabbos, restoring the concept of Maser and Truma. In the interim, as we're going to see, Nechemia was recalled to Bavel by Daryavesh on some state business, stayed there a while, and then got released back, and finds that there has been a terrible backsliding among the people on all of this. They signed it, they believe it, they're going to do it, but there's been a terrible regression in the degree of observance. And of course, he's horrified. And he takes immediate action. Let's start. Pasuk Aleph. Bayomahu on that day, that day could be the day after the dedication, which we had in Perakud Bays. Or as the Malbin suggests, there was an incident we're going to see with that old nemesis, Tudvia Ha'amoni, that sparked some of this. And we are going to deal with that in a minute or two. But whenever it was, he, drastically, Nehemiah takes the Sefer Moshe, that is the book of Dvarim, that they had the scroll, and reads it to the people. And therein it says, that an Ammonite and a Moabite cannot come into the group of Israel forever. They can't intermarry, period. Why? Continues Pasuk Beis. We have seen it says it in Dumborim. When Bnei Israel went through their territories or near their territories in the desert, they didn't come out to greet them with water and bread. By Yishmorolov as Bilam, moreover, the Moabites went a step further and hired Bilam, the prophet Lekalalo, to curse B'nai Yisrael. By Yapoch Eloheinu HaKlolo Levracha. And as we know, the Kaddish Baruch Hu converted Bilam's curse to a bracha. Um, so the question is, of course, why Moab and Ammon? It's the Malbin who says, if any nation should know or have a hakaras hatov to B'nai Israel, it's Moab and Ammon. Why? They were the nephews of Lot, sorry. They were the progeny of Lot, who was the nephew of Avram, who owed everything, his whole existence, his whole survival, he owed to Avram. There had to be a basic Hakoras Hatov there, and there wasn't. Moreover, the question is asked, and it's a good one. 
we saw under Sancheirev, remember Sancheirev's technique was Bilbo Ha'amim. He would scatter the different nations into the remotest provinces of his empire and they would disappear. So isn't Moab and Ammon now unrecognizable? It's not the same Ammon, it's not the same Moab. We don't know who they are. And for the most part, that's true. Except what the Malmin says is that here, there were Moabites, there were Ammonites who didn't disappear into the fabric and texture of civilization. They were still there, still unrepentant. And so that's the ones they are talking about. And when they heard Nehemiah's reading of the Torah, they decided to separate from all the assimilationists of Israel. They again reaffirmed they were going to separate, they were going to stop the intermarriage, etc., as we will see. So does this mean they can't convert to Judaism, Ammonites and Moabites? Yeah. They can't be... Uh, yeah, well, all right, the exception is women. Women can, men can. And we know that Ruth was the uh, mother of the Davidic dynasty, was a Moabite, and she converts. So yes, it's women but not men. Um, now we're going to talk about the incident of this terrible man um, of uh, Tuvia Harmoni. Tuvia Harmoni, as we'll see, was a very well connected Ammonite. Supposedly, he married the daughter of the Kohen Gadol. He was terribly well connected in all strata of Judean society. He was the political fixer you went to. And at the same time, he and Sambalat had the agenda of stopping the building of the Chomo, even if it meant ambushing them, killing them, destroying them. And he gets away with it. <coughs> now what happens is follows. He is married to a Yoshev, the Kohen Gadol. He has very important mechutanim inside the Israeli political structure and the um, Kohanic structure. As Kohen Gadol, and they don't even mention he was Kohen Gadol, he's such a disgrace. But what he does, of course, is occupy an official residence as Kohen Gadol. Next to Tuvia, what he does by Yaslo Lishka Gadola, he clears out a nearby Lishka, a, it's not a cubicle, it's a vast chamber. Lishka Gadola, that's where they collected the mincha, the flour, the lavona, the frankincense, the kalim, the utensils, umaser hadogon, the grain, the tiros, the wine, the yitzor, the grapes, mitzvahs halalibim, ha-mishorim, ha-shawarim, u-trumas where they stored all the Levites' gifts, all the Levites' maser, all the, the fruit, the truma, the maser, and by inference of Trumas HaKohanim. What he does is he completely confiscates the next lishka that the Levium need vitally to keep all the materials to run the Beis HaMikdash. 
he throws them out, perhaps even on the street. And now Tobia occupies this very spacious family center where he's living in great comfort while the Levium stop collecting their masros or else collect them under great difficulty. Um, I just wanted to read you the Malman in describing Tuvia that um, that he was an Ammonite. He was the groom and the Mechutin, the Sare Ha'am, to the political leaders. Um, and that he was so instigated and infiltrated into the societal levels of Judea, there was no stopping him. So now, thanks to his father-in-law, the Kohen Gadol, he is occupying the Levites' suite of offices, as it were. So now, says Nehemiah, At this time, as I explained, I was not in Yerushalayim. He was the 32nd year La'atach Shasta, who is Daryavesh, Melech Bavel. Basi El HaMelech, I came on state business to the king. And after a number of days, Nishalti Min HaMelech, I asked to be excused and go back to Judea. But of all Yerushalayim, I come to Yerushalayim, but of Vino, and I grasped this terrible travesty that I shall say, Yashiv Latuvia. That he totally confiscated the chamber of the Levites, threw them out, and Tuvia, this Ammonite, is occupying the choicest suite in the Beis Hamikdash. I grew very angry. And I threw out every personal belonging of Tuvia from the Lishka, I threw it outside. But Amr Vayitaru HaLishkot, and I gave an order, purify the Lishkot, because they had to be made tahor. return to those rooms, the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash, the Mincha, the Levona, the frankincense, and I understood that during this time of this confiscated occupancy, the gifts of the Levites were not given. And the Levites just left, and they go to their fields of Levim, Ramashorim, Osei Hamlacha. They're outside the city. If they could get what's they're entitled to by them coming, the people coming to them, fine. If not, they just didn't get the mandatory gifts. Variva is Haskanim, and I confront the nobles, the noblemen, not that they did it, but that they stood silent while this was done. But why have you abandoned the house of the Kodesh world? And I gathered the Kohanim, I gathered the Levim, and restored them to the place. And now they restored, bringing everything they were supposed to, to the storehouses, the chambers 
in the Lishka of the Beis HaMikdash. But Otsrala Otsrashlomiyahakohen, and I appointed supervisors of these Lishka, of these storehouses in the Beis HaMikdash, a man called Shlomiyahakohen, with Sadok HaSofer, who Pidjam in Alavim, Pidjam represented the Alavim, but Ayodo, Chonon ben Zakur ben Machnaya, Chagarin was appointed over them, Kinemonim Nechshav, they're trustworthy, I trust them. They have the responsibility to divide up that which B'nai Israel brings to the Levite and the Kohen there in the base of Mikdash. Zachrali Elohai Azos, Al Temach Hasadai Asher Asisi Beves Elokei Uvemishmoro. Controversial puzzle. He is going to make a, a, an egregious mistake here, Nehemiah, by viewpoint of most Gedolim. And grievously, he's going to pay for it. Zachariel, he said, remember me, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Nehemiah is saying, remember, it's written in first person, Nehemiah. Alzos, what I've done, don't forget the chesed that I did in the house of the Kodesh Baruch Hu and with the Mishmarah. Well, that's a little arrogant, saying, don't forget, I should get a scar for this. It's not for us to say. We're going to see it's the first of three of these terrible, seemingly terrible, arrogant statements of, don't forget, I did this all. We're going to come to that later. By Yomim Ha'em Ha'ra'isi B'Yehuda Dvarim Gitot B'Shabas M'Veim Ha'aramos V'Omsim Al'achamorim V'Afyayin Anovim Luseinim V'Chol M'Achsa M'Veim Yerushalayim Yom HaShabas V'Eid B'Yom Machram Tzayin Now we get to the Sabbath observance. In those days, I saw in Judea with my own eyes, they're loading up Arab Shabbos their wares on their animals, and they are bringing it in piles and merchandise and wine and grapes and dates and figs, the chomasa, every burden, and they are bringing them to Yerushalayim beyond Hashabbos. How do you do that? You are, you, it's all even Diorisa. You can't load animals on Shabbos Diorisa. You can't sell goods on Shabbos. And they bring them there, Yushalayim, Yom HaShavas, and they make it a market day. It is Shabbos becomes a market day in the Beis HaMikdash. The Hatzorim Yeshubah, the Tzorim are the merchants of the city of Tyre, who were the master merchandisers. They were the best salesmen they were. They would bring, all, they had a global commerce with spices here, silks from here. This, uh, they just controlled the world's commerce. But when they were peddlers, and they wanted to get in on this. They bring fish and other commodities and sell it to the Jewish people in the streets of Yerushalayim on Shabbos, unheard of. But Ariva Shore Yehuda, and now once again, I gather the noblemen of Yehuda for Amalem, 
what is this terrible thing you're doing? Desecrating the Shabbos. Hello, Is this not what your fathers and ancestors did? And that's why you have suffered these terrible things. On the city, you're adding to this this disgrace. What is this? Literally, when the shadows grew on Friday afternoon, we're coming into Shabbos. At that moment, I said, I issued an order for Yiskaru Hadlosos. Lock the doors. Do not open them at Achar Shabbos. We are going to keep out the merchants. We are going to keep out the salesmen. And I put my guardians, my, my own men, on the gates. A laden animal carrying things or anyone carrying merchandise not to come in on Shabbos. So for the first two weeks, these rochling, literally peddlers from Tyre and other places, they stayed outside the city, hoping that the Jews, all right, we can't go in, the Jews will come out, we can sell them stuff. So they do this one or two weeks and they see they're making no progress. But Ida Bahem and I tell them, says Nehemi, in no uncertain terms, but What are you doing camping outside the walls? In Tishnu Yod, if you continue this, I am threatening physical action against you if you persist in this hanging around outside the walls and then they stopped after a week or two. Of our martial Levium, and now as a final move, I'll show you Yumatarim. I'm a tire of the Levium, Uvasim Shomim Hashan, and now the Levites, I'm giving you an extra job. On the Shabbosim, I want you guarding the gates, not because it's necessarily needed because I've locked the doors, but you were to guard the gates against people coming in. Purely lekadesh as Yom Hashabbos to sanctify. It's an added sanctification. Gamzos. Now he says it again. Gamzos zochroli elokiva chusalai karov chasecha. You should remember Kaddish Baruch All this I did to sanctify your name and the chesed. And now we are going to turn tomorrow morning in Mitzvah Hashem to one of the problem number one, the intermarriages which have come back once again in Judea. 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Be there. You will not want to miss it. I'll <laughs>